Shirt's on. Mic's on. No, no more dick jokes. Okay, welcome to episode <laughs> four. <laughs> Always makes Carrie laugh. Episode four of Ruined. This episode is going to definitely be different than our past episodes because we will be doing an episode based on music for the first time. Very exciting. The great passion of Whitney. She's been playing my game for three episodes and now we're playing her game. Oh, well, we did books as well, so. Okay, um, it's also very different because Carrie and I are not in the same room. Uh, in fact, we're not even in the same city. The video, Carrie and I are currently, I can't even say FaceTiming, we're doing off-brand everything right now. We're not wearing AirPods, we're not FaceTiming, we're video chatting, and we're using earbuds. Um, and the video keeps stalling, so I'm a little nervous as to how this is gonna go. But we'll see. Um, hopefully it'll be a great podcast, and we're not gonna echo in each other's microphones. (laughs) So, you're all welcome. Um, but we promise the laughter will be just as obnoxious as usual. So Yeah, can't do it any other way. I will say that I know um, this morning I, I, I woke up early and as I was drifting back to sleep, I continued to have nightmares knowing that we were going to be recording this podcast episode. We sat down and we were recording this episode and we just kind of kept delaying it. Like, we kept talking about nonsense stuff like dinosaurs and um i don't know comets and all of these ridiculous things to like not get to the meat of the episode so i don't think we have to like make that a reality i think we can just jump straight to it right like we don't have to actually make that no dinosaurs no comets let's just get to it and talk about hamlet okay This is the first time hearing the dinosaurs in the comments as well, by the way. There's a lot of things I like to hold back until we're live to tell Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great surprise. (laughs) Something rotten. Um, So I was teaching Hamlet in my English class for seniors this year. By which you mean Hamlet. Hamlet. Um, that's one of my (laughs) seniors. He kept saying to me, he kept saying, my guy, Hamlet. (laughs) And, um, he was a particularly mopey senior. And I finally told him at one point this year, I said, you know, you are my guy, Hamlet. And he said, that's true. That's true. (laughs) So (laughs) we finished Hamlet. And it was so funny because when we finished it, they were right there with me like we finished the play and I had I had read Hamlet with seniors two years ago and it was not the same experience like I loved it they did not but this year it was like we finished it and we all loved it and we ended the play and we were all on this Shakespearean high like everybody was so excited with me right and they were like, Miss Jordan, you did not tell us that it was going to end like this. And I was like, what do you mean? I told you it was going to end exactly like this. You know, I told them, I said, tragedy means everyone dies at the end. Or comedy means it ends in a wedding. They said, you didn't tell us everybody was going to die in the last eight seconds of the play. Like, <laughs> they just were shocked at how violent. My boy Will holds out on you. <laughs> exactly. They were shocked at how 
absolutely violent it was. They like they couldn't believe it. And so we just ended it and they they couldn't believe it, how good the play was. And I was sitting on my desk and I looked out at these teenagers' faces and I said, Okay, so what does Hamlet have to do with you? <laughs> and they said, nah. And they all shrugged. Like as if they were content with closing the book and leaving Hamlet in English class and walking to math and not thinking about it again. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were going somewhere with this. We were all feeling this, right? Like, what do you mean? Uh. One kid says, well, my uncle really never, he never killed my dad and married my mom. So I don't have that in common with him. And I was like, all right, well. It's Florida, so... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Not to be taken for granted. <laughs> we do have to check, but thank you for that. And, um... I said, alright, but, like, you guys, like, never wondered what's the meaning of life? You never wanted to know, like, what do I want in life? You never asked, like, do I want to live? Do I want to die? And they all shrugged. And I was like, that's not true. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, and we had already talked about existentialism and nihilism. And half the kids said, am I a nihilist? And I replied with, well, that's an existential question, isn't it? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I told them, all right, right, new homework. Uh, For your homework assignment, you have to go home and you have to ask yourself, what's the meaning of life and what do I want? And they said, wait, seriously? And I said, yes, do Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) And And so they left my classroom and I was like driving down the road. And um, it it was so when I heard one of the songs that was on this playlist and I started thinking about it and thinking, huh, that's kind of like my guy Hamlet. (laughs) (laughs) And... It like and it was like it wasn't until I heard a second song from this playlist that made me think of putting this playlist together that I thought about like what if these kids heard a playlist if they could identify if I had gave them a playlist that made them listen that they could listen to that they could say I've identified with this music before and the emotions that these artists express and Ms. Jordan says Hamlet identifies with this music, and I could see that from what I've read about him. Then here's this bridge that exists that maybe I can see that Hamlet has something to do with me. And maybe I can begin to ask, like, is Hamlet asking questions that I have, like, that I'm asking, right? And that I can begin to ask this. And, like, maybe that they take that to the next book they read. Maybe they take that to their history class and so on and so forth, their science class, whatever. Because that's why I'm teaching English in the first place. Anyway, so that can be a whole different podcast. I don't care. Whatever. Obviously, I do care. That's my way of <laughs> She cares very much. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, that's why I did this podcast. So I presented this with them. So I gave them their homework. I brought them back this playlist. They had a whole project where they could either listen to my playlist and answer a set of questions, or they could come up with their own playlist and tell me why they chose each song that they chose. And so it was a lot of fun to see the collaboration that went on in the classroom. Okay, so that's what I want to say um, to begin this. 
You want to give a? You want to take a turn at the summary of Hamlet? I knew you were going to ask me to do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So the play begins, and you have Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. His father has been killed. His father. Big Ham, as my students affectionately call him, to distinguish from Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. So Big Ham was a military king. I don't know. He went and he killed off the king of Norway, old Fortinbras. So now you have young Fortinbras who wants to avenge his father's death. Denmark has acquired a lot of Norway's land in part of this whole military thing. You know, it's a side story. Okay. Who killed Big Ham? So what happens is, is that one night, the guards are out watching outside the ramparts of the castle, and they see this ghost who comes, and he's not going to talk to anybody, but they swear that he looks like Big Ham. And so they go, and they get Prince Hamlet. And Prince Hamlet comes, and he's the only one that, this guard that this ghost was going to talk to. So it turns out that the ghost is the ghost of Big Ham. And so he talks to Hamlet and he tells him, I was in the garden and I was murdered. Everybody says I was bit by a snake, but it turns out I was murdered by my brother Claudius. Okay, so Claudius murdered me to steal my throne and my wife. Hamlet then is rightly and justly angry. Big Ham tells Hamlet, Avenge my death, but leave your mother alone. Hamlet goes into this whole thing. So he tells his best friend, Horatio, I'm going to start pretending to be mad. Don't tell anybody that you know that I'm not really mad. Insane. I taught my kids that when I say mad, I mean insane because mad doesn't actually mean angry. It means insane. So he begins to go insane. Now, there are several people who attribute his insanity to different things. Claudius is um, the uncle who has killed Hamlet's father and married his mother. He and his Hamlet's mother, Gertrude, attribute Hamlet's moodiness, quote unquote, and the fact that he's wearing all black to the fact that he can't quite get over his father's death. And it's ridiculous because it's only been a matter of weeks. And they tell him, like, really, the black is really unbecoming of you. Can't you just get over it? It's really unmanly of you is almost word for word what they tell him in the play. Like, at this point, it's unmanly of you to not get over your father's death. Let's, you know, spit thought. Let's get to it. (laughs) Let's be happy Spit thought. Yeah, let's be happy again. And um, in Claudius's court... You have Polonius. Now, Polonius is the father of Hamlet's girlfriend, cutest couple ever, Ophelia. And they're kind of really in a situationship when we show up on this in this play because they're not really together anymore. Um, no one really lets them be together because her brother Laertes is kind of telling her, like, hey, don't trust Hamlet. No matter how much he says he loves you, he doesn't love you. He just is after your flower so he's a player yeah, don't go don't listen to him blah 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 anyway speeding things along everybody's telling ophelia don't trust hamlet right and so um polonius tells ophelia so her dad tells her hey i need you to start snubbing hamlet and she is a good girl and so she starts snubbing hamlet and so <laughs> hamlet gets upset by this 
And then Polonius goes and tells everybody, hey, Hamlet's going insane because of his love for Ophelia. So it's a whole thing. Okay. Throughout the course of the play, Hamlet starts to realize he's not really seeking avenge on his father as fast as he should be. He begins to do this. He kills off Ophelia's father by accident. Ophelia actually goes insane. She drowns in a river. Um, Hamlet fights Laertes over this. Laertes pairs up with Claudius, and they come up with a plan to fight, like to kill Hamlet, to poison him, to to fight each other in a fencing match. And then if that doesn't work, they're going to poison all the wine and like do a big toast. But the queen accidentally drinks the wine toasting Hamlet. So she kills herself by the wine. It's a big thing. Everyone dies in the end by everybody's poison because the swords are all poisoned and everything. It's, I mean, everybody really dies. Like I'm summarizing this in a confusing way because everybody dies. It's a bloodbath and it all dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, like my students, like when they made their own playlist, they put drop it like it's hot because they wanted to put like bodies that are dropping everywhere. And I was like, that's not appropriate, but a good try. <laughs> so at the end of the play, Horatio is the only man left standing. And young Fortinbras comes in with his army and he sees Horatio standing there and he asks Horatio, like, what happened? And Horatio tells him the story and they pick up Hamlet's body and they say he should be honored for the young soldier that he is and they basically carry his body out and that's the end of the play. So, there you go. Yeah, I see why you... Oh, by the way, we spoiled it, but you had, like, seven centuries to read it, so I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I won't judge. I think it's a super great play and it's way more interesting than what I just summarized. I mean, for instance, okay, so I just give you the really boring version. But at one point, when Hamlet kills Polonius, so he's like in his mother's bedchambers talking to her, and his father's ghost shows up. And so he's talking to his father's ghost. So he's talking to Big Ham in the corner. His mom cannot see the ghost of Big Ham. So she just thinks her son is going crazy. And so she says, Hamlet, you're breaking your mother's heart in half. Can you please understand you're breaking my heart in half? And he turns to her and he says, great, then please, do you know what to do with that? Take the half of the heart that is evil and throw it away. And do you know how to continue to be a good person? Stop sleeping with my uncle. And he's like, I know old habits die hard. So here's how to kick that habit. Don't sleep with him tonight. And then it'll be easier not to sleep with him tomorrow night. (laughs) 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 This is where priest and confession get it, no? commotion behind the um curtain and he's like what's that a rat and all of a sudden he just starts stabbing he doesn't move the curtain he just starts stabbing now i asked my students if this was rational and they were like absolutely and i was like remind me not to be in a room with you guys at any point and they were like absolutely if i thought only two people should be in that room and all of a sudden there were three that's it i'm just gonna start shooting and i was like all right well so i started blasting just starts stabbing at the curtain so he all of a sudden realizes like polonius drops dead from below the curtain right as one does he realizes it's not claudius that he just killed it was polonius his girlfriend's dad that's a minor setback so he drags the body of his girlfriend's father from out behind the curtains 
And he's like, sorry, mom, our conversation's going to have to wait. I got to go deal with this. So he drags the body off stage. In the next scene, Claudius comes to Hamlet and he says, hey, Hamlet, where is Polonius? And (coughs) Hamlet gives this whole long answer about like, um, well, I think he's in heaven. Um, you can go send a messenger to check. (laughs) And then Polonius kind of looks at him and he says, or hell, you can go check yourself. And then (laughs) (laughs) Claudius isn't satisfied that he goes, or either way, if you don't find him in heaven, you don't find him in hell, you'll definitely start smelling him from the great hall in about a month. And so like... Claudius is not faced by this. He just turns to his two servants and he goes, go check the Great Hall. And they take off running down the hallway and Hamlet yells off, you don't need to rush. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I think you should read that. Yeah, it's full of that. It's full of that. So Shakespeare does everything on purpose, right? And the very first line of this whole play is, who's there? Mm-hmm. And I was struck when you said that, what if these kids heard this playlist? What if they heard that Hamlet is asking, like, the same questions that they're asking? And and I thought, oh, it's true. The whole play starts with a question, yeah. right? It starts with, who's there? And, and it's both a question of, um, is... Like, who are you? And then also, is this real? And I had never noticed it before in all my other readings of Hamlet. And this time I was, I was like, very uh, tuned in to the way in which this question develops and then builds. Mm-hmm. And, and how all of the... It, it's a play full of questions. And it has to be, right? Because there's a piece of information missing and everybody's trying to get it. So... Naturally, you have to ask a lot of questions, but I'd never been, I never paid so much attention to Mm. how much of this play is based on the fact that it is, and then it's, is, it's this inquiry into the unknown. Right. Because to be or not to be. Right. Which is, and I'm, and I was also struck by so many of the things that are so, part of common speech that come from Hamlet and that we don't know what they mean. I loved going over that with my kids. We say this all the time. Do you know how many times you use this in the wrong way? (laughs) Do you know how many times you say to people, oh, thank you, sir, you are a gentleman and a scholar, and you probably say it as a compliment, and it's not a compliment. Like, do you know how many times you should be using it more like, thank you, Captain Obvious? Yes! (laughs) So that happened to me on, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. I was coming out of the shop, and one of my maintainers was, you know, like somebody gave him something, like brought him this big heavy thing. He's like, oh, thank you, sir, you are a gentleman and a scholar. He's like, you know what that comes from? And he's like, no. I was like, Hamlet. And it's actually not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay. So for those who are listening who have not read Hamlet, there is this scene where there are two <laughs> grave diggers, right? I love the grave diggers. And they're very, very funny. They're very punny. And they have a lot of, um, I don't know if the word philosophical is should be used, or Right. A lot of jokes tossed back and forth between them. But at one point, 
I, I don't know. I can't remember what the thing they say to it. Do you remember? I you just listen. I don't. I'm gonna butcher it. I'm looking for it. Okay, but one of them says something like really obvious, and so the other one responds with, "You sir are a gentleman and a scholar, and we have adapted that as a society as a compliment." And we say it all the time, not knowing that it comes from Hamlet or from Shakespeare alone. And it's not a compliment. It's actually much more like when we say, thank you, Captain Obvious. Like, it's like, oh, thanks, idiot. I could have found that out on my own. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, it's super funny. I was just going to say, this is a great example of how we use Shakespeare out of context all the time because we have bastardized, like, where it comes from. We don't know the father of what we're saying. Yeah. And then, and then we write it off as, uh, oh, it's Shakespeare. It must be very heady and it must be very boring. And instead, you have this whole scene of Hamlet step, 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 stabbing a guy and then like <laughs> making jokes about it to his new daddy. You know, like there's just there's so many layers of, of total comedy in here. Um, okay, so this playlist. So I started thinking about how I wanted to start the playlist. Cause I, when I first started it, I was wondering like if order of songs mattered to me or not. And then it's me. So of course they did. <laughs> uh, and so I first thought of this song brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. Right. Um, and I remember when I first heard this song and I thought, um, how striking this song must be to teenagers because I thought that this song was very striking to me even in my 30s. And I thought, man, this is very accurate. So I just wanted to open the entire playlist this way because I absolutely love that it comes from the brain of an actual teenager. Because Olivia Rodrigo was 18 when she wrote this song. Uh, Shakespeare was 27 years old when he wrote Hamlet. So when I was trying to reach my teenagers on what it's like to be a teenager, who's the better authority? you know, to turn to in this situation. Um, and I don't think that Shakespeare's teenager and Olivia's teenager are that different. I love that she starts it, like, with this, like, string instrument and then, like, stops it and says, I want it to be, like... And just some of the lyrics that she says, like, there's something that goes super deep and then something very trivial, I thought, reminded me of Hamlet in a lot of ways, right? She says, like, if someone tells me one more time, enjoy your youth, I'm going to cry. These savings are the golden years, but I wish I could disappear. Like, it's so fucking dramatic, but it's perfect because this is Hamlet to me. Um, and towards the end, she says, got a broken ego, got a broken heart. And God, I don't even know where to start. And I just thought, like, like, this is Hamlet. And these are my teenagers. And this is me. So, like, this is how I wanted to start everything off. Um, because I could stand there and, like, listen to this song and look at them and, like, all of a sudden hit common ground from this place. I was, when I heard that song, I was very surprised. It sounded, I, I don't know why I have this, like, image, but, and maybe, I think it's maybe even a lyric, but I have this image of her, like, singing the song on the, you know how malls back like when malls used to be malls and they weren't just Amazon shopping centers um and <laughs> there was like two floors and like the the staircases in malls are very particular like they're very like wide and like a little bit translucent anyway I had this yeah. picture of her sitting on them like on the stairs going from like one level to the next like after she just got off her shift like singing this song right I don't I think 
I think that there's a lyric that makes me think I have this idea, but this is the image that I have. And I always have this image when I listen to this song. And for exactly that lyric, God, I got a broken ego. I got a broken heart. God, I don't even know where to start. And I heard those and I thought the first two are like, God's just a way to, it's like, um, right. And then, but then the God, I don't even know where to start sounds like a little bit of a prayer. The first two are, the first two are these facts. And the second one is a question. It's like almost a question. And this is also Hamlet. That he has all these problems and he has all these things and he has right. all that, like, he has this task from his dad and he has, like, all of this. Because he, he has this angst even before he finds out that his dad is not, that his dad was murdered. The the man up and get over your grief speech right. happens before he sees the ghost, before he knows anything about the ghost. And correct. So yeah. he is, he's already struggling. And then he almost finds like a reason for his struggle. His grief finds a, mm-hmm. a task if you want. And, um, and that I thought was really interesting that this, this girl has the same bent if you want that I have all these problems and it's almost, it's almost a prayer. It's almost an asking someone mm-hmm. and that to be or not to be, mm-hmm. He's not asking himself. The point, the thing that I was going to say was like um, about how she was saying about how it goes from so deep to like so trivial, trivial. Um, like in the beginning where it says like, uh, I'm so caught up in the news of who likes me and who hates you, you know, <laughs> like, um, and I think like, this is so Hamlet. Like, <laughs> and the like. And I hate the way I'm perceived and I only have two real friends. And lately I'm a nervous wreck because I love people I don't like and I hate every song I write and I'm not cool and I'm not smart and I can't even parallel park. <laughs> that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm adding this right now. Like, I died. I died. I don't think Hamlet was worried about parallel parking, but if he could have been, <laughs> he would it would have been part of the to be or not to be speech. Absolutely. I promise. <laughs> to be or not to be. Also, we have the parallel park, so that's a bitch. Anyway, so I just thought that this was a really good way to start the whole playlist because I felt like it caught... Hamlet has this really big question of, do I live or do I die? What is existence? What's the meaning of life? And also, let's not fucking forget I'm a teenager. Yeah. And then I, I don't want to like spend a whole lot of time because I feel like it's really self-explanatory, but I wanted to add the Phantom of the Opera, um, wishing you were somehow here again, because I felt like that track was really a beautiful way to say, okay, like Hamlet sincerely misses his father. And regardless what people say and the way people downplay, like Hamlet, this is unmanly to miss your dad so much. Like this this man misses the man who raised him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, people try to, like, write that off and say, we have to move on. He's lost him. Yeah. And, like, he needs that time to acknowledge that he's lost him. Um, when she says, like, the statues that don't quite seem to fit, you know, I think of this, like, Hamlet who's got this um, military father 
You know what I mean? But like maybe he sees like, yeah, this doesn't quite fit who you are in my memory. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, because Claudius is going on and on about the uh yeah, the military might of of Hamlet and, and our great king who like he's going on and on about a great king somewhere up here like some one removed from us who has departed the pattern. A big ham. A big ham. And little ham is thinking but this is my father, right? Like, yeah, he's this great yeah. king, but he's my father, and he is dead, and I am sad. Right. And right. even the queen, you know, do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou knowest, tis common. All that lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. And he says, I, madam, it is common. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's this dual thing of, yeah, it happens to everybody, and it is horrible. It is vulgar. It is base. Mm-hmm. It is the worst thing that can happen. And I think that this is, for this reason alone, I would say that Shakespeare is a genius. That he takes, he puts it right in front of your face. This thing that happens to everybody is not natural in the sense that it does not correspond. It is an enemy of mine. The, th- the fact that things die is an enemy of mine. And yet, at a certain point, Hamlet is asking whether or not it's better to be dead. You know, and that's something that Kurt Vonnegut talks about when he writes Slaughterhouse-Five. So that Slaughterhouse-Five is an anti-war novel. And so every time something dies in that book, he writes the phrase, and so it goes. Uh, World War Two novel, right? He write, has to write that I mean, if a soldier steps on an ant, the man writes, and so it goes. And so he says in his autobiography, he talks about how tired he got of writing the phrase. He's like, I regretted the choice. But it made me decide, like, it made me think about why did I decide to write, and so it goes after each death. He says, I decided to do it because I wanted to point out that death happens so frequently. That you would think it's something that we would become used to. Because if I, if you read this book and you have to become aware of every time you read the phrase, and so it goes, and so it goes, and so it goes. Even an ant getting stepped on, and so it goes. You have to realize you come to face to face with death all the freaking time. So why is it not normal? Like you have to ask yourself this question of like, why does it rip your heart out when it happens? Which is exactly what you're saying, right? Like Hamlet says to Gertrude, like, yes, it is common, but. And then she says, if it be, why seems it so particular with thee? Seems, madam? Nay, it is. I know (laughs) not seems. (laughs) Because she doesn't understand him, right? This is, I love Hamlet because he's, he's always plain. And he's always serious. When he's playing, he's serious. When he's serious, he's playing. Yeah. And you tell me stories about your kids all the time, and I think they're like this. When they're playing with you, they are serious. And what they <laughs> like, what they love so much about you, I think, I, I mean, I only get to hear it from your side, but then I see the notes, and so I think that it's mutual. Um, what they love so much about you is that you know that they're both playing and serious. And so you go play with them, but you'll take it seriously because it's serious, right? And <laughs> tell the story. 
<laughs> like the student who wrote me the note that says like they like really appreciate me because I love them and I'm so sincere and it's hard to find that on this bitter cold earth. <laughs> it was just like your English teacher heart just swells. <laughs> I'm like, all right. But at the same time I'm like, oh my god. Alright. Exactly, no. But but for Hamlet, maybe Horatio, right? Maybe Horatio takes him seriously when he's playing and play, you know, and like is on his level because he's he's the same age, they're buddies, they're students. But even Horatio, at a certain point, like even her, like at um, you know, uh, our friend quotes all the time. But right, there's more in heaven and earth that is contained in your philosophies. When Horatio is telling him, this this can't be a thing, bro. Like you're going nuts. It like the what you're talking about. It can't it can't be real. And he says, Horatio, there's more in heaven and earth that is contained in your philosophies. And this is Hamlet who, like, keeps open more, like, he lets in more factors, right, than than anybody else. And especially his parents, right, or his mom and his new daddy, um, who are, who seem to be content to, or, or hell-bent, maybe, on making him content. And just fold in, be normal, um... Don't think too hard. Don't worry so much. Don't grieve so badly, right? Just be... Can we get back to even, please? And Hamlet can't. Which which I I think is why I love segueing from a serious song, like the Phantom of the Opera one, into Basket Case by Green Day, right? Because I think... And that's what I love about this, is this playlist is because it's Hamlet and because it's Shakespeare and because it has to do with, is he insane? Is he faking it? Whatever. I didn't have to temper. um, Well, that's not the mood of the last song. I didn't have to do that at all. Right. I could go straight from Phantom of the Opera into basket case by green day. Right. Like I love that song. um, Because the very, the first line of the song is do you have the time to listen to me whine right about nothing and everything all at once like and it's like this whole thing of like sometimes i give myself the creeps and it's like the song like makes perfect sense and no sense at all which is exactly the whole song is like an oxymoron and i think it's perfect because i think it does what hamlet does of like making sense out of insanity and making insanity out of making sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is nuts because the cra- the crazier he seems to be, the closer he's getting to the truth. Right. But then at the end when you're like, oh no, he's not insane. You're like, oh. And so this is, so actually this is funny to me. Um, I started to talk about themes with my students. And one of the themes was like appearance versus reality. Does it matter if it's real or appears to be real? And they're like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, if it appears to be real, does it matter if it's really real or not? <laughs> like if he's pretending to be insane, do we actually need to know if he's actually insane or not? Does that actually matter? And they were like, mm. and I was like, because readers debate scholars debate like for years people have debated is hamlet actually insane or is he pretending 
And they're like, but Ms. Jordan, you said you've read this several times. I said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, and you say you don't know. I said, right. And they were like, then it matters. And I was like, what do you mean then it matters? And they're like, well, but you don't say, like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. You don't seem satisfied in, like, not knowing. Like, you constantly debate whether he's re- whether it's real or not. Like, you, ha- you keep asking, is it real or not? And I just, like, looked at them and I kept going, well, I just... And I just, like, I don't know, I had the proud mom face. I just kept resetting the proud mom face because I was just like, that's the most astute thing you could have said to me. Like, I just was so excited. I was like, and I said to them, please write that on your test. (laughs) (laughs) So I can put it on my fridge. (laughs) I I will go home and put it on my fridge. So I think, like... That's when I um, listen to Basket Case. That's what I think about. So for Kryptonite mm. by Three Doors Down. Great. Another one of my favorite faves. So this song came on through Shuffle Through a Suggested Playlist. And I had just finished Hamlet, reading Hamlet, and I had it on my brain. And I chuckled at first because I thought um, of Hamlet having this moment of vulnerability and begging Ophelia. A moment of raw truth that Hamlet usually doesn't show on stage, like raw truth. You know, he has a lot of like pretend shield or like pretend vulnerabilities, I think. Um, or him like really being vulnerable with her at some points because they do actually love each other. So they must have shared this. And so, like, here in this moment of fear, like, wanting to know, is she going to actually stand by his side? And there's, like, anger in this song, too, right? Um, Because it's like, like, I did this for you and you failed in this way. But, like, also, like, if I go crazy, are you going to still be here? And I don't think that, like, it's restricted to just Ophelia. Because the more I started thinking about it, I started thinking, like, this is really Hamlet's begging to the world. Like, yeah, Hamlet begging to Horatio. Hamlet begging to his yeah. mother. Hamlet yeah. begging to, maybe to his father. Like, Hamlet begging to all of the people that have let him down. Or all the people he cares about. Like, um, like this is Hamlet begging. Right? And scared of that possible insanity and the possible vulnerability. Yeah. It's it's the back and forth that Hamlet has that we have with Hamlet of uh, is it real is it not real did he do it did he not do it I don't want to kill somebody innocent um, but I'm positive he did it so I'll watch the reaction and then there's our reaction and then there's the um, uh, like being certain about like this is the course of action like even of Claudius getting all the troops ready to go and like defend themselves against Norway. And then, but, uh, but the guys standing in the watch, you know, like aren't sure what we're doing and why this is all happening. And it's, it's just, it's a lot of layers of like certainty versus confusion and what's happening in the story versus what's actually happening on the stage right now. Dead bodies are falling. You put them up on the stage. I don't know. And, and I just, I wonder, like if, 
it feels to me almost like the whole play that's a question is also is also sort of Shakespeare's question of what is the value of this thing that we're doing, right? I'm writing for you a play so that you can hear a play. And is it true? No. And I, and I don't know. I think it, that might be like a bridge too far, but that there's a lot like that. I never, th- I never thought about it until I heard this, until I heard the kryptonite song. Like I, I never would have paired that up with Hamlet, but in, especially in the, like, cause usually on playlists, I'll, I'll like, I'll do it via shuffle or whatever. But for years, I was like, absolutely not. Must listen in order. And, <laughs> and, uh, and especially because it went from basket case to kryptonite. And I was like, oh, I never would have thought about this as the next, like, as a thing that has to do with Hamlet. But yeah, it is this. There is this begging in Hamlet of, if I go crazy, will you, like, will you stand by me? And because he, and I think that you, I, I love that your student, I had not, I hadn't heard that story. I love that your student said this thing to you, that it must be important because you keep asking. And I love it for a lot of reasons. Um, one, because it, it means that, like, you're a really good teacher for them in, in that. They're, you're not just giving them things to assimilate, that you're giving them a way to be in front of things that happen, right? So it must be important because Miss Jordan does it, and Miss Jordan is somebody who knows what she's talking about and isn't trying to deceive us, so we can trust her, right? And so, but the what is the thing that's important? Not to know whether or not he's crazy or not. That's important. But what's more important is to keep asking that question because it's important. The fact that they got this from you, not because you told it to them, but because they watched you, is is incredible to me. Second, I think of the I think of the kryptonite um, and Horatio because of this moment, this line of "If I go crazy, will you still call me Superman?" Because of this line where Hamlet after they see the ghost and Hamlet turns to Horatio and says like, if you catch whim of the fact that I'm going insane, do not let on even a wisp that you know. Right. And I think of this line of like, if I go crazy, will you still call me Superman of like almost the same of like his way of begging his friend of like, (laughs) like the flip side of that, of like, not just like, hey, don't tell everybody that I've got this great big trick plan and I'm setting this trap, but like, hey, if I can't do this great big thing, that my task that I'm set out to do, and it actually like becomes the like death of me or the like it's my failing or whatever, will you still see the greatness that is in me, right? Like, because I exist. Yeah, like, he looks at this person who loves him and says, will you still love me because I am? Like, because I choose to be. Because somebody chose that I be. Like... Which is the most amazing... Like, everyone said... Man, that's the other thing. Everyone always thinks of... Everyone always thinks of that soliloquy as if Hamlet is, like, making a choice. Like, making some great big... uh, existential uh do I live like or do choice I myself? 
yeah, like to that he's pronouncing some kind like this big this big move of his will or something. And and is he is he gonna be a hero or a coward? That's how it got taught to me in high school. And instead, the whole point of that soliloquy is that my greatness is not I it's not dependent on me. I don't like it existed before I could have this thought that whether to be or not to be, I don't really get to make that choice because I am. So this next um, song on this playlist. Now, I am a great fan of Beyonce. I do not feel ashamed in admitting. Um, When Spotify comes out with the Spotify rap, uh, at the end of the year, I actually came out on the top 1% of Beyonce listeners. <laughs> nice. Um, so I felt like I just, yeah. I had a great excuse to pl- put her into this playlist. Okay, so Crazy in Love, Beyonce. It just felt, um, I don't want to keep saying for every song, perfect for Hamlet, but come on. Okay, apropos. Ooh. How about I use a better word? Apropos for Hamlet. Okay. It actually came from a suggestion of one of my students' playlists, too, because they added it on their suggested um, song, and I just love it because I think it's, like, frantic, and it's to the point, and it's a little on the nose, if you will, (laughs) Um, because here's what I love about it. So Polonius insists that Hamlet is going mad because of his love for Ophelia. And so that this song is kind of like song of saying like, oh, I'm crazy in love and all of these things. And you got me looking so crazy right now. Like adding this kind of almost using the song as a pun at that is like kind of my way of biting my thumb, if you will, at Polonius for um, reducing my guy in this way. And I thought my guy Hamlet. fun with it. Yeah, my guy Hamlet. And I thought I'd have fun with it by adding this song to this playlist. And my uh, tribute to Polonius. There you go. Incredible. The order is is so clutch. Yeah. That kind of goes back it, and forth and back and forth. I love it. I really do. It really... It, yeah, it really like it pulls out all the... It does what the play does. Um, Right. It exactly. It really like it pulls everything out of you. Like, especially. I mean, when I'm when I sit down to read something with a pencil in my hand, there's already like um, an unconscious barrier between, uh, like all of me and the text. Right. Because now I'm now I'm in school right. mode. Active reading. Thank you, Karen. Exactly. <laughs> but but Hamlet like pulls me like through the pencil out into the play right and like it makes like it makes me be present there because there's so much that is um like talking to me right it's not that there's so much it's not that there's just so much to to look at and digest and analyze like there's so much that has to do with me and so the the playlist as a a bridge for your students it's also a bridge for like it's a bridge for me too 
Yeah. For me, mostly. So that's, like, I don't really have much to say about Mad Season in the same way that it just kind of adds another layer to that. Um, it's the same thing. It's a play on insanity and love in the same way. It's another dynamic of attitude and tempo and pace and all of that. So, uh, so that's, I wanted to throw that in there. Um, so I don't need to spend more time on that. Now the song, Let You Down... This is kind of funny because I put that on there. Um, that one came up on a shuffle and I was like, oh yeah, these lyrics apply. And the the lyrics, the voices in my head get loud. I'm sorry I let you down. This burden of letting my parents down. I added this song like quickly because I thought it was obvious connections to Shakespeare. To the way it feels, this pressure of, to avenge his father, the disconnect from his mother. And it comes with the pain and the added layer of um, pressure that manifests as voices in my head, which gives me a way to play on this madness that Hamlet, ha- Hamlet has and stuff. And so I added this playlist really quickly because I was like caught up in how fun this was. So I added it quickly and the playlist was still like a working project. Um, and I had it public and my students working on it and they had a week to do this. And I had them in class as they were doing this. And like I said, it was kind of like this fun thing and I was doing it from a literary perspective for a while and like one of my students stopped me and he like, I was walking around the room and he like grabbed my arm when I was walking by and he looked up at me and he said, this is one of my favorite songs and he had like the biggest eyes. This helps me so much. Like I relate to this song so much, Miss Jordan. And, like, when he said that, I thought about the lyrics of the song. And I remembered, like, suddenly what I was doing. Like, the whole reason I was doing this playlist, right? All of a sudden came out of just this literary fun thing. And, like, not a single action of what I was doing changed. But the purpose of everything was rearranged. You know, like, my students saw that Hamlet had a heart that knows what his own heart knows. Mm. That Hamlet had something to do with him. And like, he responded in that way and like reached, like actually physically reached out to me with excitement about it. Like that the student who has expressed to me that like, I have no friends. I need no friends. (laughs) Like reached out and grabbed me and said like, I can relate to this. Oh yeah. This is why I'm making this playlist. (laughs) Like, this is why I bother asking when we finish Hamlet, what does Hamlet have to do with you? Not just because it fits into the lesson plan to ask them, what does Hamlet have to do with you? Because in this way, Hamlet becomes a friend. Right? The kid who needs no friends, who could have all the friends, right? But who, like, needs no friends. Right. Hamlet becomes a friend. Right. Mm -mm. So... That brings me on to my uh, problem fixer artist on the next track. (laughs) (laughs) The guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Radarius. (laughs) (laughs) So my students introduced me to Rod Wave three years ago. They said, Miss Jordan, you got money problems? Rod Wave. You got car problems? (laughs) Rod Wave. You got man problems? <laughs> Rod Wave. Um, so I was like, well, clearly I have to listen. 
<laughs> I came back to class and I said, okay, I spent the last 24 hours listening to Rod Wave. And they all like burst into applause. And I say, oh, I didn't even tell you what I thought. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> and I, um, I said, well, I think he's a poet because mm. he has something to say. And I have been known to use him for lesson plans in the past <laughs> since this moment. Um, There's so and I love on the football field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I love this particular song for this playlist because the fact that he sings like about his mom telling him that it's his own fault, like that he's too open to his feelings, you know? Um, so this song, Hard on Ice, he sings about like being too open to his feelings. Like his mom tells him he should just like shut his heart down. Hamlet has the same kind of mom. Right. So <laughs> I was teaching class one day and I'm, going through themes and I'm talking about women in Hamlet and um, when I'm talking about Ophelia and Gertrude in this play how the first few times around when I'm reading Hamlet I thought about Gertrude as just kind of being totally naive of like oh yeah I lost my husband he died I married Claudius my son is just super emotional and wears black all the time that's kind of weird and like (laughs) I just, like, never thought of her as, like, much of a character, you know? Um, But then, like, as I'm going over this and I'm lecturing, I'm in the middle of teaching class to my students and talking about these women. And it dawns on me, as I'm teaching this class, like, he talks about how Claudius kills Big Ham. And she says, like, Hamlet, stop. It's better off not to ask these questions. And all of a sudden it occurs to me, what if she knows? Mm. What if Queen G knows that her new husband killed her old husband and she has just kept the silence to keep her status and to keep her son and, and maybe her life. To like, like, right, to keep the status quo. Right? To not rock the boat. To keep things a-okay. I should say. Right? And so, like, this is the thing that, like, I think about this song when I hear Hard on Ice by Rod Wave. Like, like, Mama says it's my fault. Right? Like, it's not that, like, his mom is, like, a horrible person and saying, like, Rod Wave, you idiot. It's just, like, hey, man, You let yourself get played too many times because she let herself get played too many times. You know what I mean? And so it's like she's protect. She's gotten to a place where she's had to protect herself. And now she's this is all she can hope for her own son, which is absolutely horrible. And I don't want this for my own students. Right. Which is why I love that they listen to Rod Wave, because I like love to tell them, can't you see that not like not even Rod Wave wants to live the way Rod Wave sings. Like he's not bragging about any of this stuff. He's crying about it. That's why I think he's a poet. So listen to him, learn from him and do something about it. I was teaching the class and I was like, 
I mean, what if Gertrude's saying, it's better not to ask these questions because she knows? I said that, and the kids were kind of murmuring and stuff as they were writing notes, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, like, what if I'm right? And then I went, guys, that's heavy shit! (laughs) (laughs) They kind of looked at me, and I was like, what if she knows? (laughs) Did you not think of that before? I was like, no, I'm just thinking this right now, baby. This next song is actually, so, well, okay, this song came on after the Kryptonite song on my playlist, the Shuffle playlist originally. And, um, and this is when I said, ah, music, I'll make a playlist for my class. (laughs) And this song is the to be or not to be soliloquy, in case you haven't figured that out. This is it. Um, it is exhausted it's at the brink of giving up it's six feet from the edge and maybe six feet ain't so far down I love this song (laughs) but before saying such a destructively revealing thought what does he say he says hold me now right he doesn't just say, I'm six feet from the edge. He says, hold me now. I'm six feet from the edge. So it's actually kind of funny because um, last month I was talking to this guy from Milan and we were like shouting at each other in this crowded bar and we were talking about the opera that is Beyonce's album, Lemonade. And he asked me, so what is an artist that you still listen to that you're a little bit ashamed of? <laughs> like to admit and um before i could respond he disclosed that he really loved hillary duff and like he like sang a few bars (laughs) (laughs) which was a great experience gotta Uh, love it and i (laughs) was right i responded with creed and he like stared at me blankly and i said yeah i know that was like a really um I said, but trust me, Americans would be rolling their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> a prophet gets no recognition in his own hometown. <laughs> um, but I do. I still enjoy Creed. Um, and I think, that this, <laughs> I think that this song really pulls emotion, desperation, fear, and the asking for a friend, um, for someone or anyone to see you it has anger um it has anger that masks all of it and that ends it softly with that touch of vulnerability and it's clever as hell yeah i mean the very first part of this lyrics is please come now right like it starts off with this begging it seems i found the road to nowhere and i'm trying to escape I yelled back when I heard thunder, but I'm down to one last breath, and with it, let me say, hold me now. I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm thinking, maybe six feet ain't so far down. And I think it is, like, it's this caught in between, like, this to be or not to be, and it's not sitting on the edge saying, like, yeah, I'm giving up, might as well. 
but it's that true desperation of like, I'm stuck on the edge and I don't want to be on the edge, but I don't know what's left. Hold me back, bro. I thought I found a road to somewhere, somewhere in his grace. I cried out, heaven save me, but I'm down to one last breath. It's like, I tried with everything I have, but I have one last breath. And with it, let me say, right? Like, that even down to one last breath, he's not giving up. He has something left to say and something left to ask for. Yeah. Crazy. Gnarls Barkley. I I love this song. I grew up loving this song, right? And it's so fun to grow up loving a song and then find something so fitting for it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? Like, the one part, the, the lyrics, I think about this as, like, Hamlet calling out Claudius. Hmm. Right? Because it's, like, this thing of, like, oh, you think I'm crazy? Because <laughs> he says this thing about, like, who do you... Who do you, who do you, who do you think you are? Then <laughs> he says, like, ha ha ha, bless your soul. You really think you're in control? <laughs> he says, well, I think you're crazy. Just like me. My heroes had the heart to lose their lives out on the limb. And all I remember is thinking, I want to be like them. He says, ever since I was little, ever since I was little, it looked like fun, and it's no coincidence I've come, and I can die when I'm done. And maybe I'm crazy, maybe you're crazy, maybe we're crazy, probably. This is the last scene where all the bodies start falling. I think as this playlist gets towards the end, the tension starts building towards that last scene. You can feel it in the music, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, like, it is, it is a slow build from the beginning of the playlist towards the end, and it's a lot of fun. I brought in the very first thing I did when I introduced it to my students when I came back after asking this question. I pulled up the speaker, and I pulled the lyrics up on the screen, and I drew a whiteboard, drew a line down the middle, and I started playing Bohemian Rhapsody. And I started drawing... As it played, they were all like, oh, man, this is my song. Like, some of them were like, this is my anthem, you know? And I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I mean, the very first lyrics are like, is this the real life? Mm-hmm. Is this just fantasy? You know, caught in a landslide, no escape from real- uh, reality. I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. And any way the wind blows doesn't really matter to me. And, like, the whole first verse, like, it's him singing to his mom about how he just killed a man and all these things and how it's an accident. And he didn't mean to, like, throw away his life. And he didn't mean to upset her and um, not to make her cry and carry on without him. And, again, nothing really matters. And then it kind of gets, like, chaotic and crazy, right? And so on this, like, board, I'm writing, like, lines from... Bohemian Rhapsody and lines from Hamlet that are very similar. But I'm also writing like chaos and calm, like anger and apathy and things that are like diametrically opposed, you know, within this, like not just the lyrics, but within the music itself that they could see. Like this happens in the music and it happens in Hamlet. And it was so fun that by the end of the song, one of my students there were like, wait, 
so did Queen write that about Hamlet? And yes, and also no. But what I love, and this is my favorite part of the whole playlist, and if you haven't done this, please just like absolutely don't do shuffle. Like, just go back and enjoy this moment is when Bohemian Rhapsody fades out. And Adele, easy on me, fades in. Because I made my students, I was like, shh, nobody talk. (laughs) (laughs) Piano keys from Bohemian Rhapsody end, and the piano keys from Adele starts. Because it ends with that chaos and the apathy end, and the seriousness with which this ballad that I picked for Ophelia come into play. And that's when my students got it. Wow. That's when they realized, like, like they said to me after this, because I talked to them about Easy on Me and how I put the lyrics up there and they saw, like, how accurate it was to Ophelia. Like, this, there ain't no gold in this river, right? Of, like, her, like, trying to reach out to Hamlet so much and how it just becomes this futile um, effort. And then drowning within this river. Like, she literally talks about drowning in this song. Yeah. And and they talk about how... Um, they talk about how when you read Hamlet, it just feels like entertainment. Right? Like, Ophelia mm-hmm. feels like this entertaining character. And you can kind of be like, oh, that crazy bitch. But when you... <laughs> when you listen to Poor the girl. song... <laughs> I mean, it's true. I feel the same way a little bit, you know? But you listen to the song and you think... That's heartbreak. And, like, maybe I don't know that heartbreak, but I can relate because I know heartbreak. And all of a sudden, Ophelia becomes a real character. Because I can believe that Ophelia feels that. And so Ophelia becomes a three-dimensional character that you, like, feel something very real for. Right? Yeah. I noticed that this time through. I'd never... Um, I always thought of her as like a, like a side character, not necessarily a side piece, but just a side character. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, this time in that scene in which she's like, she's trying to play it cool because her dad asked her to, but now like Hamlet's coming in and like, he's like all ragged and just bah. And then she like switches modes and she's like, okay, never mind. Hang on. What's going on? (laughs) What's wrong with you? And and now they're in this, like, social network moment in which they're talking past each other and he's, like, trying to, in a very bad way, trying to, like, profess his love for her and she doesn't understand. Like, it just, it's this whole misalignment of, and, and afterwards, like, she's desperate and, like, yeah. it drowns herself, right? It, it, but it. It was this attempt by both of them to try and reach out to the other one, and both attempts failed miserably. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my god, like, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember, and I I was listening to it in the car, and I was just like, oh, because it's, it's such a human dynamic in which you're in front of the person who is exactly the one you want to be asking this thing to and and you can't for whatever like like you can't 
get it to come out the way that it the way that it needs to come out and like yeah it's um this horrible misalignment and there's no way to get the the gears to click back in <laughs> there's a point so ophelia's dead that's kind of what i wanted to communicate with ophelia's um ballad of easy on me and after that point ophelia dies and there's this switch that happens in hamlet right where he goes bloodthirsty basically um he realizes he's taking forever to, to avenge his father and he there's a point where he says if i have a thought that has not have to do with blood i basically won't have that thought <laughs> so yeah um so we have psycho killer to kind of create that segue from that play mm-hmm. right um which i just had kind of was like a fun twist on that and then happiness is a warm gun which I thought had a few layers to it because I thought it had the nonsensical way that Hamlet talks, right? He talks in these, like, he just has these things where he comes on stage and he says all these things and nobody freaking understands what he's saying. It's like, Hamlet, what are you reading? He's like, words, words, words. And you're like, thank you, sir. Oh, that's the thing. When she says, where's Polonius? Before he even says, oh, he's in hell or heaven or whatever. He says he's at dinner. Right, 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 right. He's like, he's like, what? Oh, and he goes, oh, not his dinner. <laughs> For the worms. He says the worms dinner. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's at the worms dinner. Which then I guess at some point, uh, a beggar will probably come along, scoop the worm out of the dirt, use it for a fish, catch the fish, eat the fish, and Polonius will be making his way through the body of a beggar. Interesting. So it's just like, <laughs> so I thought happiness as a warm gun is a great way to fit this like intense, like I'm very serious and I mean what I say, but I also talk in a way that nobody understands on purpose. Yeah. Um, I also like that he says, like, Mother Superior jumped the gun because I felt like it was also a nod to this, like, get thee to an underneath thing. Anyway, so it's a whole lot. I think that there's a lot you can find in there. I love this song as the world caves in because it's very intense. I feel like if Ophelia was alive at this last moment before everything goes to hell and bodies drop. Right. This is like, it's funny because it is very intense musically and topically, but the way they discuss, like, this is how we want to spend our final hour is very casual. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? I don't even know. It's like, we'll watch TV and we'll eat dinner and I'll paint my toes. I don't even remember what it says, but. It's very casual. Like, I'll just be fine as long as I'm spending my time with you. Yeah. Which is, I think, a, like, yeah, like what speeds along Hamlet's 
don't know, gumption to get on with letting bodies drop is that Ophelia is dead. It's like the the one possibility of someone who would like see him and love him and know him and stay with him like is gone. And so, you know, what are we waiting for? Let's get after it. And so, yeah, that song is the the pace quickens as soon as there isn't somebody to paint your toes with. So this song, the funny backstory to this song is that the guy who wrote this song actually wrote it as an imaginary like what if there was an apocalyptic love song imagining <laughs> Donald Trump and the UK Prime Minister Theresa May having this passionate mm, love Time with each other. (laughs) You love time. (laughs) Before launching nuclear warheads at everything. Keeping it PG. (laughs) Get thee to an unearned. Um, uh, Donald Trump and Theresa May having passionate love time before they bomb, nuke each other up, boys. Right. That's what this song is actually, like, created to be, like, some imagination. Whatever. I have no words. This is a great day to do podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I've been crazy <laughs> Anyway, so I guess you can see why I thought it was great for Hamlet. Because it's like, what if this was Hamlet's last moments before going in and everybody just absolutely murdering each other? Like, as the world caves in. Yeah, so. Which brings us to our last and final song. I think this song is so... I love it. I just... I love this <laughs> song for the absolute last song of this playlist. Um, so I had actually never heard this song before. I don't listen to a whole lot of Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty, as one would say. Oh, um, is that what they call them? See? Same hearts, man. <laughs> same hearts, man. <laughs> this time (laughs) (laughs) so but the lyrics are so perfect for like the fact that she even talks about like a castle right and like the comparison I was like this is this is on the nose I mean when she says I don't like your kingdom keys once they belong to me you asked me for a place to sleep locked me out and threw a feast I was like but this is Hamlet talking about Claudius. And then yeah. she says, the, but the world moves on. Another day, another drama. But not for me. All I think about is karma. And the world moves on. But one thing's for sure. Maybe I got mine. But you'll all get yours. But I got smarter and I got harder in the nick of time. Honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. I got a list. But yours is in red underline. I check it once. I check it twice. And then it just goes through of like, look what you made me do. And it keeps repeating. And I just think it's so perfect because everybody dies. And it's all Claudius's fault that everybody dies. Like nobody in this play had to die. Right. But it's all Claudius's fault. Which is the definition of a tragedy is that it's like, it's not fatalistic. It's that some, like, somebody was, there's an ideal and we all fell on our faces in an F like in an inability to reach it. 
Right. And so all of it's useless, and yet it has, it doesn't come out of nowhere. You can trace the breadcrumbs back to somebody trying to, uh, to actualize, like, something. Some, somebody made a big, somebody made a big grab for greatness, and now everybody's dying. This part where she sings this thing about, like, you asked me for a place to sleep, you locked me out and threw a feast. I think, like, this actually happens in Hamlet, right? Like, yeah! He moves in, he takes the castle, and then this line, right, that when Horatio shows up in the very beginning, and he's, like, talking to Hamlet of, like, why he's there and whatnot, and Hamlet's, like, um, that his dad died, and then um, Claudius and Gertrude got married right after the funeral like they had the funeral and then they had the wedding and he's yeah. saying oh thrift thrift it was all to save money that way they could use the leftovers from the funeral yeah. in order to, for the wedding to the save cooked money. meats of the funeral become the cold meats of the marriage feast um i think of this line when i hear the taylor swift song like um you locked me out and you threw a feast because he actually like sends hamlet off to england right like he's like all right get rid of you i have a feast he like gets drunk with his people every night in the kingdom like that's when they're out there seeing the ghost the claudius is like getting drunk with his people in the castle each night right like yep it's just this is like what she's thinking about is like what hamlet's going through i don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me i'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams and even this part, though, where she says, like, oh, I'm sorry, but the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Oh, because she's dead. This is what, in order to do what Hamlet had to do, he had to, like, shut himself down. Like, he had to, like, kill off that part of himself in order to just be on auto. He had to put his heart on ice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to avenge his father's death, right? Like, this is why, okay, so Shakespeare's whole point in, like, writing a revenge tragedy, but taking the entire tragedy to do it, and then making it end in pointless death, isn't actually to say, it's not actually to say Claudius caused everybody to die. Right. It's to say, like, is revenge actually worth it? Yeah. Right? The revenge yeah. that ends in everyone's death is the tragedy. Because it's the same, the heart that he has to put on ice in order to avenge his father is the same heart that wouldn't be, like, that couldn't get over his father dying. So the, the tragedy, the tragedy is that he loses himself in, in the, the just revenge, if you want. The tragedy is that the thing he was unwilling to bury or uh, amputate after his father died is precisely the thing he has to kill in order to to avenge his father. Right. Okay, so so this whole thing of look what you made me do is not this not necessarily like look you made me kill off everyone. It's like look you made me kill myself. Yep. Right? Which, yes, Hamlet actually does, like, he gets killed in this situation. But Hamlet went into this fencing match already dead. Yeah. Right? 
Like, he went into this knowing this was over. Like, Claudius was going to be dead, and he was, he was already dead. Like, he had... <laughs> the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. This is how you get done what needs to be done. And the whole play drags on because Hamlet hasn't given up on himself to say, I have it in me to avenge my father. Yeah. To be or not to be. Yeah. That is the question. And it remains the question. He doesn't resolve it right there. So it is the tragedy, is the tragedy that the play ends with not to be? Or is the tragedy that he went in, he was uh, already in the grave waiting for the grass to grow over him before he ever got skewered? Alas, young Hamlet, I knew him well. (laughs) But it's a tale of woe and wonder. Our next podcast is going to be A Man Called Otto. We know there's a book, A Man Called Ove. This is the American movie version of that book. Okay, so it's Tom Hanks. It recently came out. Um, It was in theaters recently. Um, I believe it is out now. Um, But A Man Called Otto. I went to go see it in theaters and was totally caught off guard ended up texting Carrie and a bunch of other people and said have you seen this and I went to see it on like a Saturday and I took my brother by the end of the week to go see it again so we're going to talk about it we'll do a podcast on it we think you should see it before you do the podcast because like always we're going to spoil the hell out of it as we do